0: Welcome to Pi Data Manchester episode 11 We're doing something a little different today We have no guests For our final podcast of the year We wanted to review what we've done at Pi Data Manchester what we've seen and done in Manchester in the UK, including our adventures at Google Next in London. After that, we'll talk a bit about data science and finish up with our plan for 2020. Today, we've got me, Jennifer Stark, and...
1: And me, John Carney.
0: (laughs) Smooth. Um, So, first up, our year in review. What has Pi Data Manchester done in 2019.
1: We've done everything, we have been all encompassing, or at least it feels like it's encompassed every part of my life. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, taking over your life. When do you work?
1: Um, I don't know all the time, <laughs> but it's data science so it's fun.
0: It's all data science in the end. Um, yeah, I feel like this year has been a lot, even though I joined Data only last year, I feel like this year it's been a lot more a lot busier we've started a mm. bunch of new things this year
1: we have um i feel like a lot more people have got involved as well um, yeah from a lot of areas we didn't even think about when we started last year
0: right such as
1: such as we've got the code nights which were just completely brand new to us um i can't remember who thought of it but good idea oh good idea jennifer
0: thanks thank
1: you um yeah for, yes
0: for those of you who don't know code nights. so we've got our regular monthly meetup which will be something different every month and then
1: usually a talk or a panel or a hands-on event
0: yeah and then we introduced a second event that runs every month which is our code night so on code night we people can just come along with their laptops with a project or a course or tutorial whatever it is they're working on and they get the chance then to get help from other people for what they're working on or give help to other people, then it serves as a really nice way to get to know the Manchester coding, like data community a bit better. You get to talk to people. Mm. Usually, um, I don't know how much actual work gets done in the sessions, but it starts off very quiet and ends up very, very loud and chatty. Yeah, so
1: Every time. Yeah.
0: So that's a win for me. It doesn't really matter how much you achieve. It's, it's really about the you know developing community
1: yeah I, I think an awful lot one of the biggest feedbacks I get from that aside from it's really good and um, to meet people and build the community is people come in with a small problem mm. and then they speak to a few different people and then they understand a few different ways of approaching it so even if they don't you know write the code that solves a problem that day they can go away and understand how to solve that problem in the future and right. d- lots of different ways of approaching it yeah which I think is much more what makes you a good developer than, you know, understanding the, pro- the problem, than just writing the code.
0: Yeah, there's never one way, oh, I mean, like, that might go against the, the zen of Python, <laughs> to say that there's never, there's not just one way of doing things, but there's an, often several different approaches to a problem, and there's, there can be a quote-unquote right approach, but um, oftentimes you just want to get it working to start with, and then yeah. you can iterate from there.
1: It's understanding the various trade-offs, and, Having a senior developer to, to talk you through that, mm. or if you're a senior yourself speaking, th- um, explaining th- the problem you're facing or the problem that someone else is facing in terms that they can understand. Mm. That's a skill in, in and of itself.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, what else did we start? We started uh, blogging this year. Yeah. In an effort to make our events more accessible to people who are not able to come.
1: Yeah, we have to say thank you to Sean for that as well. For sure.
0: Full name? (laughs) Is it Sean Hyde? Yeah, it's Sean Hyde. (laughs) Sorry Sean. Hi Sean, thank you. Um, Yeah, so a lot of people, for so many different reasons, are unable to come to evening events, Um, so we're trying to make our events more more accessible to people by make, doing blog posts on what we did that evening. Um, another thought, uh, it's something that we want to do maybe next year, um, so I'm skipping ahead on the on the, on the um, uh, running order there, but uh, introducing YouTube videos so maybe recording our events next year mm. would be
1: cool. It's definitely something we want to explore. I feel like it's going to be tricky, but other people have done it and it's so successful. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that would be really exciting.
0: We've been asked to do it well, though.
1: Yes, yes.
0: And there's ways to do that. I'm not sure we, if we're able to, but it'll be something to, to look into for sure.
1: Yeah, if you know about how to do that, then <laughs> um, DM us at um, Piedate Manchester.
0: Please do. Uh, we've also tried adding um, closed captions to, to talks.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, with, with mixed success. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so I don't know if you know, but uh, Google Slides has this option of closed captioning. So once you open into presentation mode, there's the the menu that pops up when you hover towards the bottom of the of the slide, and you can activate closed captions. Um, and I used it at a Pi da- um, um, higher plus data uh, event that I went to a couple of weeks ago now, um, and uh, I, I said to people it was experimental and I didn't know how well it was going to work. Um, but I think I spoke quite fast at times, and so it struggled to keep up and accurately understand what I was saying. So I, I, know, I do know at one point I'd said pie data" and it translated it as potatoes. So, <laughs> so it's good for some laughs, but um, I think it's worth doing. I like having subtitles. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I just, if they're there, I'm going to read them. And it helps me to concentrate a bit better
1: yeah definitely and especially when people are talking about complex subjects it's much easier to be able to to take in via sound and via the form of writing
0: <laughs>
1: not writing text, <laughs> text yeah
0: <laughs> yeah yeah definitely um, all kinds of people different everyone can benefit i think from having captions definitely mm.
1: unfortunately the uh, the machine learning isn't quite there yet but it's improving very quickly
0: yeah it is i think it yeah i think it's a lot better than it mm. was earlier in this year you joined too, didn't you?
1: Yeah, it did not cope well with my northern accents. Oh,
0: no. <laughs> only BBC English.
1: Yeah, only BBC English. <laughs> I do not have received pronunciation. Maybe that's something I can work on for next year.
0: There you go. It can be your your coat. <laughs> um, so what else have we done this year? What else have we introduced?
1: Well, would it be fair to say you've introduced a podcast this year?
0: Well, yeah, I guess, yeah, because the first one was published in... January, wasn't it? We recorded it in December.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. But even so, the the majority of our podcasts have have existed this year.
0: Yeah, oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah, I've had so much fun doing them.
1: Yeah, yeah, we've met some fantastic people, some really smart people. Oh, my gosh,
0: so smart. (laughs) Slightly intimidated, but yeah, (laughs) yeah, they've all been really good, really interesting, um, really enjoyable experiences, for sure.
1: Everyone's been able to really... I found really well explain their subjects. Yeah. Um, I mean, going back to one of our first episodes with uh, Rebecca and David mm. talking about um, about how you can use Markov chains to map um, trajectories of cows and stuff mm. like that, and it was it seemed so intimidating, but they did such a good job of explaining it in an intuitive manner.
0: Yeah. I felt pretty good at listening to that, I thought, oh yeah, I could do that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I know yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I know
0: what that means now. Yeah, that was really fun. I like that one. Um, yeah, and then we had lots of collaborations with other meetups this year.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the biggest one, of course, I would say is uh, Hacktoberfest. Yes. Um, which, if you don't know, Hacktoberfest is kind of a global um, event movement um, to try and Improve open source coding um, to get more people involved in contributing. We, we ran an event in Manchester um, along with Herplus Data, Python Northwest, uh, PyLadies, R Ladies, and Django Girls. Have I missed anyone? I think that's it. I think that's it. But we, it was fantastic because we got a, a big group of data events in Manchester. We all got together. We all organised it together, and. Um, we had a fantastic day of um, people getting involved and learning. A lot of people; it was their first ever time contributing to open source.
0: Yeah, yeah, we were successful, and we did a podcast that day too. Of yeah. course, <laughs> of course, we did, um, highlighting people's projects that they wanted um, some contributions to, and um, they were really interesting projects mm-hmm. as well. Um, so yeah, have a listen to that if you have got time. Uh, we've also done a few things with Open Data Manchester. You did, you did a presentation there, didn't you? Did
1: you do a talk there? Yeah, Joe and I did a talk there. Yes. Um, we did a data horror stories event. We Joe and I talked about the data horror story. When we to start of it was fantastic. We did lots of work around um, uh, machine uh, learning to rank and. Um, that's one of my favourite things. Now, the <laughs> downside was after we d- delivered a very successful project, the company decided to make us redundant. <laughs> but we we moved on to doing better things.
0: <laughs> oh well, <laughs> um, you learnt it was a valuable learning experience. It was a valuable
1: learning experience yes. in data science and in how businesses work.
0: So, why is learning to rank one of
1: your favourite things? Um, it hits on a bunch of different machine learning topics. Mm. Um, So you can end up with um, kind of understanding sentiment and understanding relevance, but there's also approaches that involve classification. And my favourite thing of the year, data science-wise, would be embeddings and the different ways you can use uh, Word2Vec. Um, Not just Word2Vec, but how you can take um, categorical variables and embed them into a low dimensional space that has a huge amount of information. there's just, yeah, I feel like there's a huge amount going on with them. And of course, as someone who's worked in um, an e-commerce background, mm. search rankings and recommendation systems are kind of the key to navigating right. all of your sites, so it's very important from that aspect. And I'm just a bit of a nerd, <laughs> so I really enjoy it. <laughs> well, I mean,
0: that's your job, isn't it?
1: You pro- should be. Professionally a nerd.
0: Yes. Do you have any um, recommendations for any literature around that, for someone who's interested in learning more about it?
1: Um, there is a really interesting paper on reinforcement learning to rank. When you uh, say
0: paper, do you mean a medium post or an academic paper? Oh, I
1: mean an academic paper. Okay. Uh, on reinforcement learning to rank, there's there's two of them um, that I can think of, but I will include them in the show notes. Mm. Um, one of them is quite formally an academic paper. Um, the other one is an academic paper by, um, I think it's Ali Baba. Oh, um, um, but they've got um, a med- medium style post that goes along with it as well. Um, okay. It's really interesting um, about how you can go around in terms of how you rank. Um, ranking products on the e-commerce site, taking it as a sequential task. So mm, because okay. as you click through different, not on your first search page, but your second search page, you can re-rank it and understand people's preferences from the first page. And okay. it's a con- continuously evolving oh, process. Okay, gotcha. Mm. That makes sense. Um, and in terms of embeddings and recommendation engines, there's um, vec, which is how you can understand details of the products and how people understand, um, how your customers may understand the products mm. based on how they interact with the website, um, you know, your web pages and the uh, product, product detail pages. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's fantastic. And I'll include them in the show notes as well.
0: Yeah. Great.
1: Hopefully that makes sense. <laughs> I've not done as good a job as explaining as Rebecca and David did.
0: Well, I mean you're you're doing it on the fly, so <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, that was that was nice. And so you're going to in- include those in the show notes. Yes. Awesome. Um, we also had a data journalism event this year uh, where we had two amazing speakers. Mm. Um, we had Annie Goke from who's a data journalist at Reach, and we had so she talked about the the best thing. <laughs> What I really, I think what a lot of people took away was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing, was what Google Sheets can do for you. <laughs> mm. um, and for me in particular, so I usually use uh, Python. Um, and Python, the Pandas library can do pivot tables, but it's sort of, it always takes me a while to get my head around what I want the pivot table to do. Yeah. And you've got, in Pandas it has a pivot and a pivot tables method. Um, which one do you want? I don't know. But Google Sheets, quick and easy. It just does it like, I think she was like, did it lightning fast. And there's tons of other things like shortcuts that she used that were just a revelation. Um, and it's like, Oh my gosh. So for some things, sometimes Sheets is all you need for some, uh, data stuff that you want to do. You don't always have to go to a programming language to, to do what you want. Sometimes it is just better, more efficient to use Sheets. And that's totally fine or excel or what you know whatever you like to use.
1: Yeah Annie went in and demonstrated just how much she was able to do and these are um, some of these uh, some of the data she was using was impacting stories that were reported across um, multiple different newspapers across the country. Yeah Um, maybe national papers as well. Yeah yeah. So there was you know this is a huge amount of reach Mm. and it's not just
0: hence the name. That's what I did, (laughs) Um,
1: um, but really important stuff. And it's not that to do good data journalism or good data science, you have to be using fancy tools. It's understanding what you'd want to do and how you can achieve it. And and he demonstrated that really well.
0: Mm, Definitely. Um, Our other guest was...
1: Crooks. Our other guest was Dr. Matt Crooks. (laughs)
0: Um, From the, at the time anyway, he was a data scientist at the BBC. Now he's a data science blogger at Medium. I know, that just happened. Yeah, he announced it on LinkedIn. Really? Like the other day. Yeah, check.
1: Oh, right. That's, I saw him on LinkedIn the other day. panic
0: um, Well, right now people were checking Dr. Matt Crooks's credentials. Oh, it says BBC, but he posted, there's like an update. I oh, had yeah. like a correction. Oh yeah, so yeah, data science blogger at Medium.
1: Uh, Unless he's still data scientist at BBC at present still.
0: Oh, maybe he updated his thing and they and LinkedIn did like a well done, but it's actually not news. That's probably it.
1: That feels like what Medium would do.
0: <sighs> Sorry for the almost fake news there, everybody. Um he is still at BBC and at Medium. So there you go. That's it's just how funny. how good he is? That's just like LinkedIn saying, you know when you update your profile on something and then the, the, the platform goes oh announces it to the world it's like no 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 this isn't this isn't a new thing this is i just updated a little thing mm. oh sorry matt um calm down everybody <laughs> so yeah he's data scientist at bbc and gave us a whirlwind whirlwind tour of the projects he and others have been working on um at the bbc and how they use data and what their massive data plan is and how much data they even get a day. Mm. It is ridiculous.
1: Huge amount. So, I mean, I always thought they had a huge amount, but even then it still surprised me and the various things they're doing with it in so many different areas. Really exciting.
0: Yeah. Really, really cool. Um, So, yeah, he was a really, really good speaker. So I imagine his media blogs are really nice as well. I haven't read any yet. but.
1: Um, I did read the one on Louvain clustering. Um, I think oh. I'm pronouncing that correctly, um, which seemed a really interesting new method. Um, I have not had a chance to dabble with it very much, but it seemed really interesting. What's um, it called? Louvain, Louvain, I think. We'll link to it. Is it French? I assume so. It could be Louvain. It could be Louvain.
0: Who knows? Uh,
1: that seems more likely <laughs> to <than> my pronunciation. <laughs>
0: Does anyone really know how to pronounce anything? It's like a dir- Dirichlet or Dirichlet. Dirichlet. And like, I hear it said so many different ways. I'm like, oh, what is the real... No I'm years. pretty
1: convinced that I've never pronounced it the correct way.
0: Um, exa- exactly, my point exactly. Like, no one oh. We're in the middle of my everybody. buddy. It is 12.30. It's
1: a thriving Metropolis.
0: Thriving Metropolis. Um, yeah, so, yeah, that was, that was a really interesting event. I enjoyed mm. myself a lot. Um, learned a lot in that one.
1: So, yeah, a lot of really interesting perspectives about work that you don't get... To, oh, certainly I don't get to see as um, someone who works in e-commerce. It's really interesting to see what people do in, with data in the journalism space.
0: Yeah, for sure. And yeah. media
1: space, I suppose.
0: Yeah, yeah, because it, yeah, it's TV and entertainment as well, isn't it? Um, data science and DevOps. Yeah. Now, there's a topic close to your heart.
1: That is close to my heart. That's um, kind of my baby meetup up of the year. Um, yeah, it's that was a that was a really interesting meetup i think mainly f- because of the conversations we got to have um we were going to have um tanya um uh, tanya alanhard uh, at zizek Ziz, again pronunciation <laughs> um but unfortunately she was here on the day which is um but we've managed to get him, um we've managed to have her on the podcast as well so we could we cover some of the stuff that we, um that she did as, as well, then. And mm. um, we had um, Bob Poole, um, who's now at WeJo, I think, um, from the data engineering side of things, and uh, did turn a lot of work around um, how we've used Kafka in production for, for data science environments, um, data science projects. And then there was me talking about learning to rank. <laughs> Yay! And we've talked
0: about that already.
1: Yeah, so we won't go over that <laughs> too much. Yeah, yeah, I mean,
0: the DevOps side is, um, I guess become close to my heart recently because now we're trying to set up you know, the data team at Light Bible, which is where we're recording today.
1: Thank you, Light Bible.
0: Um, we're, you know, we're trying to set up our, our data warehouse and a new infrastructure using GCP. Um, and we, we want to make it as similar to what the current, what the dev team are using at the moment as we can, because mm. it makes sense to be using the same methods, obviously. <laughs> so um, yeah, currently they're using CircleCI and Terraform, um, so just getting to grips with that. Um, but who knows that might be all changing later, depending on if we might go into certain Google products that we'll talk about in a bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's obviously, as you mentioned, it's something close to my heart, but it's it, in data science products, uh, projects, if you can build an infrastructure that can make your life easier around mm-hmm. data versioning, code versioning, automating deployments and it, because, um are so many layers of data in every environment I've worked in. Um, being able to get data from where it lives to where you train it reliably and quickly—it's um, such a game changer.
0: Well, we're just trying to get it to where it's going to live at this point. Yeah, we're not even talking about training yet. We want to get there <laughs> soon, but yeah, this is a whole—it's a whole thing just setting at the warehouse to start with. It's then a long journey. It is long, and it's hard to like balance getting that set up with dealing with the ongoing requests from people because people mm-hmm. still need support but we also need our own dedicated time to like to set up the you know the, the new architecture so um, and to move the data warehouse over and then all the all the pipelines over so yeah it's it's a juggle but we're getting there
1: i think it's an issue a lot of um, organizations that again start with data science mm. Uh, try and face how do they get value from data science now with ad hoc requests, mm. um, and against getting data, um, getting value from data science from more long term requests, especially when it's building the fundamental infrastructure that everything else is built upon. Yeah,
0: analysis, um, yeah. It's
1: a challenge. <laughs> it is a challenge.
0: It's definitely a challenge. Uh, I'd say that moment fifty-fifty. My time is about fifty-fifty: meetings and organising the team, and doing my own coding. Actually, mm. I, I don't know if it's even that fifty I don't even think it's fifty percent at the moment. I think it's less than that coding. But mm. that's gonna change. I'm gonna tr- try and make my or, organize my time better so all my meetings are like squashed up together back to back. And there's, there's a lot of dead time between my meetings, so that, that dead time is it's hard to use it in a way that's you know, in a productive way. Like it's not long enough to get into a coding project. But it's not long enough. I and mean, sometimes I need to do something with somebody else on my team. And mm. they're not always available during my own dead time. So, yeah, it's it's a challenge. But um, I'm going to figure out a new way to deal with it. Excellent. Yeah. Um, human skills.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think human skills was the April event we had, I think. Yes. Um, so we had a couple of really exciting speakers then, um, we had Jem Hill, um, who talked about the importance of looking after yourself, mate, uh, trying not to burn out. And um, we had um, Callum Fraser, um, who spoke about, again, uh, similar things, but um, the importance of good communication in tech teams. Um, and it's really interesting to get perspectives on, because as we mentioned before, delivering good software products and, um, and good data products. It's about understanding and um, delivering co- consumer needs, and that all comes down to communication.
0: Yeah, um, every step of the way.
1: Yeah, um, and again, looking after yourself—you—you you can't do the job very well if you're at home ill. At no,
0: <laughs> no, um, and also don't bring it into work and spread it to everybody.
1: Oh, also, yes.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, um, Gem's got some. I think she's putting out some resources also on Twitter, so we will make sure to li- uh, to link them as well. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, she, she brought us of printouts, didn't she, as
1: well? She did. Take. She had a lot of really um, really useful resources, but mm. they were, it was eight months ago. <laughs> that was
0: a long time ago, yeah. Um, yeah, that
1: was really cool. Um, all right. Hello, it's Joe here. I'm not in the podcast this month, but I'm here to talk to you about Cathcart Associates. As those of you who've listened before will know, Cathcart Associates is a technology recruitment company with offices in Leeds and Manchester covering all things tech, but with an experienced team focusing on data science in the Northwest. They're good at what they do. They're one of those rare companies that understand what their candidates do as well. Cathcart sponsor Data Manchester, Data Edinburgh, Mancomel, ScottML, LeedsML and more. Check out their website in the show notes or find them on Twitter at CathcartRecruit. Without the support of Cathcart Recruitment, as well as Lab Bible for hosting our recording today, we wouldn't have been able to do this podcast.
0: Google Next. What is Google Next?
1: Google Next, um, from my experience, <laughs> rather than from the publicity that you um, get. Oh, you and... think
0: they're different?
1: Oh. No, I... I just can't remember what the publishing oh, was. Okay. <laughs> um, no, um, Google Next is a massive, and I think we would agree on that. Um,
0: it wasn't, it was not as big as I thought. Oh, okay. Actually, okay. no, 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 okay, I'll take it back. It was as big as I imagined it was going to be, but my, <laughs> from a, I'm a data scientist by the way, my understanding of numbers was not accurate. <laughs> so, um, I think I was imagining like a smallish crowd where you could bump into people you could bump into the same people several times um, or you know you could run into someone that you've not seen for a while um, but then somebody said oh no it's like 10,000 people and I thought oh wow that's a, like, that's a lot of people so it may have been 10,000 people but it didn't yeah. feel like that at all like, I did actually bump into people time and time again yeah, while yeah. I was there so I don't know it was a bit of weird mental discrepancy there
1: yeah. Yeah. It was, um, so what was it?
0: Yeah, what is Google Next?
1: What is Google Next? Google Next is a large-ish, um, conference, um, kind of describing a large, um, describing Google's cloud offerings, what they're doing at the moment, what they're looking to do in the future, announcing some, um, some cool projects that they're, and products they're delivering on GCP. Um, and there's a lot of room for networking, a lot of room for teaching, and reaching out to different community groups, such as Pi Data.
0: Yeah. So it, it, there was some. I don't think it's as uh, as pizzazzy as an Apple reveal, for example, <laughs> at, at their like annual events, or or, by, or twice, two every two years events. I'm not sure, but I don't know. Um, it was like you know, keynote, some like interesting new things that they're releasing. Um, you know, notifications of some things being released into beta. Um, and there's a, and then there's lots of talks on basically like how introductions to products that they have and how to use them and how they will, you know, change your life. What, How they're better than other things and how they work. So kind of like not a practical, but, um, you know, a, a, a walkthrough of, of how something could be used with maybe a demo. There were lots of talks that had demos in them. Mm. Then they also had um, an area with banks of machines where you could work through their quick labs. Yep. Um, so that was practical, and some of them were guided, and some were worked by yourself. I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think all of them had at least a tutorial on the on the quick labs PC mm. environment. Yeah. But some of them were guided in in person as well. I think. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, so that was really cool. So you could, you know, add to your you know, get some skills like practical skills that way. Um, they also had some advice people giving advice on how to get um, uh, Google accreditations for various tracks like their uh, associate or like data science or data engineering track um, I think they had like a, some other tracks but I didn't look at those obviously <laughs> so I don't remember what they were but you know saying like where, where courses are available that you can you can develop your skills like a Coursera and plural What what would be an in person course or an in person test? Um, I'm just basically what's available. So there's lots of guidance on that. That was cool. Um, And then the usual um, third party uh, like industry pods set up about booths set up around selling their services, their Google based services for you that will streamline your business. However that is, like a lot of people offering data engineering products, data warehousing products, data visualization products. or or, yeah lots of stuff like that
1: yeah i think that was a big theme because of course this wasn't just a data science event it was um you know across the entirety of cloud computing Mm. but data visualization data warehousing were really noticeable as focus areas Mm. and the vendors were trying to push on
0: i guess maybe it's because it's easier to automate that than it is to or easier to, to have that have a third party do that than it is to for third party to do the other things, perhaps?
1: Uh, Yeah, I would think that's probably part of it, yeah. Um, But again, I think lots of executives see nice shiny dashboards, um, and that's an impact area. So Mm -hmm. I think the fact that
0: they try and sell to impact areas that the execs are gonna see. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, so when we were talking about, we mentioned um, continuous integration and deployment earlier, or, or DevOps earlier, um, so, uh, Google Next this year they um, showcase their new products in that area. So they've got Build Cloud. You you went to the talks on Build and Run, didn't you?
1: Um, no, I didn't. But I've used, I've used Build in the past.
0: Oh, okay. So tell us about that.
1: So Google Cloud Build is essentially a CI pipeline. Um, you can configure different steps to. Um, you can want. Um, you can configure it using. A YAML configuration different steps to run as part of your pipeline um, these can be docker-based or they can be well I think they're all docker-based um, but all container-based but they can be based on um, a standard Docker container that you can define yourself or on gcloud containers and um, that are predefined already and there's some other variations as well so for example um, if you want to deploy a, cloud, um, a Google Cloud function you can start off with um, it um, starts off with um, a what is it, a cloudbuild.yaml in your um in your GitHub repository. Um you'll um, CloudBuild will then listen to um, any uploads on that or, uh, sorry, any pushes or merges onto that branch of your um, your GitHub repository. Um, once yeah. that's triggered, um, it'll start the build process. So you might start off with um, taking the copying the code from uh, GitHub into your ci environment and um, building it running the tests making sure that um, m- running building a mock google functions environment to make sure sh- um, and to build to some integration tests or something then deploying to cloud functions running performance tests or whatever and then going from your test environment to deploying to your production environment and then straight away without any human interaction at all you have um your cloud functions in production just from a single push of code. Um, I have a simple demo on GitHub that does a very basic version of that I can mm-hmm. share. Um, but it's very, very easy. Oh, I found it the easiest to use of all the um, CI tools I've used. Oh,
0: really? Yeah.
1: Um, and obviously, a lot of the issues that I found with this isn't going to be obvious. A lot of the issues I find with the CI tools are integrating them with various different um, services. So, mm. making sure that all the permissions are correct. Uh, right. Obviously, with GitLab, sorry, obviously with Google and Cloud Build, it integrates very well with all the other Google services. Mm. So, that was such a smooth bump to get over, as, right. as, as, as opposed to it being a mountain to get oh, past. okay. So, yeah, it's. I'm a big fan of Cloud Build. Um, awesome.
0: Um, good. And then what's Cloud Run then? Cloud
1: Run, uh, I, I caught the second half of that talk. Cloud Cloud Run is... Um, so, you're going to have to know what containers are, I guess. Um, <laughs> and if you know what Kubernetes are, then it also helps. But basically it means, as far, my takeaway from this was that Cloud Run is a serverless platform to run containers. Oh. So rather than having to maintain a Kubernetes cluster or... Um, an entire host that you um, that you have to manage, to, uh, whether it whether it's a kind of GK, um, Google Cloud, sorry, no, not Google, Google Google Container Engine mm. environment in which mm. it's still managed by Google, but you still have to maintain Kubernetes. Right. And
0: um,
1: by using Google Cloud Run, you can run a single container um, with no effort. You just run it, um, give it the configuration, so you can have replicates of that container and mm. it just runs. Yeah. It's not. Um, it's not as comprehensive as Kubernetes. It doesn't try and solve the same issues. But mm. if you just want to run one service, right? It sounds like Google Cloud One is fantastic for doing that. Cool. So I'm looking forward to using that as well.
0: Would you? Would that be best for like small apps?
1: Yes, I think so. So um, rather than having, um, you know, an entire website made up of um, lots of small, um, lots of microservices, this wouldn't be. A, something you'd use for that you still want to right. in um container engine yeah but if you just want to put up um, a single static website mm. um and host it on a single docker container that might be one way of doing it obviously there are alternatives like netlify or other static side generators but right um something is that's very simple a single container i think is seems like a pretty good way of using it of course i'm not having a chance to, to to actually use cloud one yet but mm. i'm hoping so over the next couple of weeks
0: yeah
1: oh, well maybe after christmas
0: yeah. Awesome. Um, I don't know what data prep is. Um, yes yeah, so data prep is Trifactor on Google's cloud platform. What's Trifactor? So years and years and years ago, when I was working as a computational journalist, um, I came across Trifactor as a, which was a, a tool that helps you clean up your data in a more visual and intuitive way. So a non-coder. Can import, so can open Trifactor on their laptop, import their data, which would be a CSV or something, and um, Trifactor would process it and tell you, and then tell you a summary of, of what you've got. So, if you're for each of the columns, how much data you're missing, what data type is in there, um, uh, what this basically telling you how, how good your data is and what's what's there. So, giving a summary. Well, that's um, really important. Yeah, and then um, providing tools to like button or drag and drop tools to, to clean it up. So you can do it all in a very, um, you know, in a, using the user interface, you mm-hmm. can clean up your data set. Um, so what this does, that was back in the day. So what it, what it is now is it's available on uh, Google Cloud Platform under the name Data Prep. So if, you sc- if you're in the console and you go to the, open the menu on the side, the one that pops out, if you scroll all the way to the bottom, um, there's a section, a data section on there, and then there's the, the data prep option. That is Trifactor on Google Cloud Platform platform. On Google Cloud Platform. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it's the same thing, So, but it's now bigger and better. Um, you can, so now what it does is, it's the same, uh, pretty much the same thing. You, you can load your data set on there, it's, it's a batch data set. Um, it will open, it will give you a report on a portion of that. Um, and then you can, using a very intuitive interface, again, using drag and drop and, um, and and a contextual options on the screen, you can create rules to clean up the data. Mm. So for example, um, if you've got a timestamp on there, you can highlight the colon splitting up the timestamp and it will say, you know, split that into two columns. So you're indicated by highlighting that colon in between, you're indicating, oh, I want to split this up into two. And then it'll give you some more options and then it that and then it will write the rule. So that's, once you finish, there'll be a set of rules that you can then say, you can save that set of rules, and you can apply that to that data set that you're working on, or you can or you can apply that to any future data set. And you so you can give that rule set a name, um, cleaning up Tuesday data, mm. cleaning up um, Facebook data, and that's your that's your rule set for cleaning up Facebook data. You can have a separate one for cleaning up Instagram data, or cleaning up sales data or something, and apply that to all your sales data that comes in through. But it does only work on batch, so you can't use you can't stream on it. Um, but that's, you know, maybe if you're just doing something once a day, then that's good. Mm.
1: Um, the, yeah, the, um, when we were discussing this um, a bit earlier on, that reminded me a lot of um, the open source project, Great Expectations, mm. which is um, aimed to do, I think, not quite the same, but quite similar stuff. So off the back of um, a paper, um, I think... I think it was either James Gong, Abe Gong or James Campbell um, who were both involved in developing this uh, project wrote about um, down with pipeline debt and pipeline debt being making sure the pipelines that you write for your data projects um, do what you think they do. Make mm. sure that the, da- the data is transformed in the way you expect. Yeah. Um, it's trying to help with that and the idea being, and again with the name, create expectations that the data meets your expectations once it's been transformed. So, right. say you've got, um, say you get your sales data. Um, we know for, on average of the last, I don't know. First of all, I'll go back a step. You need to set your expectations. Yeah. <laughs> so you take, um, a, you take some data, you explore it, and you understand. Okay, um, generally the distribution of um, sale of individual transactions per day has X as a median. Sorry, X as a mean, and um, wiser standard deviation. <clears throat> so when you've got that, you can understand when you get um, an, another um, batch of sales data from um, a week, a week, the next week, you'll be able to say, okay, um, the, the number of sales, number of transactions made in a day fits this expectation, or it doesn't. And um, as you automate through, you don't need, that means you don't need to check your data every day manually, but you can trigger um, alerting if your expectations aren't met and of right. course as as real life conditions change as the real world changes you're going you're, um, the data you collect as people behave differently is mm-hmm. going to change right. so the assumptions that underpin your models or how your business works are going to change all the time so it's yeah. key you have something in place to, to manage that and great expectations seems like a really good project is that open free? source project oh, right. open source and free yeah, and free. yeah. Uh, I, when I've used it in the past it's free <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, thank you to all the open source contributors it's awesome um, and for, for trifactor slash data prep um, their business model or the pricing it's included in your in your account in your google account so I don't think it, I don't think it's an extra cost on top of the google account or it's you pay for it through there so um, so yeah so if you don't have that then great explanations might be a really good alternative
1: yeah yeah Always promoting the open source.
0: Yeah, Um, can't believe it's twenty twenty already. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So one of our the first plan we're going to do Um, now that we've been like a year and a half or over a year and a half with Pi Data Manchester, we got lots of regulars. Mm. A good set of regulars, a good set of events.
1: Wonderful people who attend. And thank you very much for attending.
0: So many great people attending. Um, such good conversation. Um, so now I think you know we're, we're at a point where we can go to our community and ask them what works for them and, and what doesn't work, work for them. What do they want to see um, in. What do you want to see our community in, the, in next year for our future? So in January, we have a retro. So what that means is, um, everyone who can come will come, mm-hmm. and there's going to be post-it notes, and whiteboards if we can get any, yes. or flip charts, I don't know, but we're going to be talking about asking our community, um, which includes you listening, hopefully you can come too. Um, and if you can't,
1: then, you know, DM us and get involved over the internet.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll figure out, we can have like a, a Slack. Or a couple of Slack channels uh where we can have discussions on this but really asking people asking you like what did you like the best um what was your favorite event what would you like to what was your least favorite event mm. and why because we don't want to repeat those if no one likes them yeah if they're not creating any value to to our community then there's no point um what would you like to see that we're not doing like do, do you want to see more um, more talks, fewer talks. More educational events, more tutorials or workshops. Um, more on methods. Um, mm. I mean, we could we could talk about. We could have a method a week or a month. We could have a an, a num focus project every month or something. Like there's tons of things that we could do. Like the num focus library is massive. Like yeah. a, the projects they support. There's so many great projects, and we do we don't even touch maybe touch two of them mm. or three and out of 30 it's ridiculous well
1: this comes back to there being way too much in the field of data science oh for any one person to cover
0: but yeah it's there's loads there's so much out there that we don't know about that i would love to know more about um yeah. and so what, what do you what do you want to do so um yeah so january i think do we have it posted yet
1: no um it, we're still organizing it um but we've got a preliminary venue we've got our we don't just have a preliminary whiteboard. We don't just have a preliminary um, paper thingy. We're a, <laughs> you're a preliminary wall upon which to write.
0: <gasps> Ooh, yeah. writing on the wall.
1: So, you know, thing, the wheels are in motion.
0: Good. It's going to be fun. So we'll set up the premise at the beginning of the session. People can grab post-its, pens, whatever and over the course of the evening, contribute your thoughts to the wall. Read other people's notes and then, because they might trigger your ideas. Mm. Um, And the rest of the time, people will just be milling around and meeting each other and talking about... Data. Data. (laughs) Data to each other and, and, you know, building community more. It'd be a community building session.
1: Yeah, I think one of the really... This is a much broader plan, but, um, but I think one of the key things I'd like to do um, I think we'd all like to do is help help uh, members of our community share their own expertise because yeah. we've got so many people who are experts oh who my gosh, yeah. don't necessarily have um, an opportunity or a platform to share with other people and other people within the, the community who would love to learn from them so yeah. making sure everyone has a platform because. The, we are not, Jennifer, Joe and I, we are not necessarily the experts, oh, no. um, but putting a community in place so that um, everyone can share and learn, I think that's really important.
0: Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, even like just sharing interview experience can yeah. can make such a difference.
1: And it, it has in the past. Yeah. Um, so maybe, yeah, maybe we do an event around data science interviews. Um, yeah. It sounds stressful and unpleasant, but if, <laughs> if that's what people want, then, yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so
0: everything's on the table.
1: Everything's on the table.
0: Um, and then I, so does that does that mean that the rest of the year is open? Is going to be dependent upon the outcome of this January meetup? Do we have any plans for next year other than that?
1: Um, we've got tentative plans for a February meetup. Tanya's agreed to talk, <gasps> um, but we don't have an. Wait, do we have an event? Yeah, I think I think. I think I organized an event space for that, but I can't remember. So I'm not going to name drop them in case I forgot. Okay, <laughs> um, nice. but we've also got, um, a collaboration with open day Manchester for April. Um, yeah, we've, we've had talks with uh, three or four different, um, groups, uh, data groups in Manchester the u- wonderful usual suspects and um, Python Northwest. Um, Her plus data, our ladies, um, jungle girls, uh, pie ladies, um land, um oh, yeah, land, land, land. Land yeah, we were talking to them. To Adam. Like maybe
0: coming onto the um, the podcast.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was. Yeah. Um, so there's lots of things, uh, lots of people we want to collaborate with. But of course, this is all up in the air. We've got some potential um, machine learning tutorial style, even not quite tutorials, but um focused learning groups we've got ideas about mm, uh, oh yes we, yeah that was yeah got to do yeah
0: that.
1: and again these are these are potential if there's no interest we won't do them and we, i we'll,
0: think they'll be definitely interested in that one yeah. i think that one was popular
1: i think so too yeah. um but we'll have to figure out what the most important are because yeah. we need our sleep <laughs> yeah
0: i know yeah um yeah but i think we'll be continuing with our monthly meetups Continuing with our monthly code night.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And continuing with our monthly podcasts. So, um,
1: yeah, they're all, we've got to carry on with them as we are and just try and expand and build and get more people involved. Yeah,
0: make, oh, sh- and sh- continue- make
1: the, you know, make a bigger, broader, more, in- more impo- most importantly, more inclusive community. Yeah. And um, that's, I think that's the overarching thing because we want everyone to feel welcome.
0: Yeah, and have access to our events. Yes whether they're online or in person.
1: Yes. So if um, you're a big fan of listening to the podcast, but you, you're not able to make it to the any of the events in Manchester for whatever reason, um, but you've got ideas of how we can help yeah. um, or, or how we can reach out even further, or things, medium, media, mediums that you would like to, uh, yeah. do you think we could reach out? Um, reach out, then let us know because um, we're super open f- to new ideas. Only in January though, after January, it's (laughs) a closed closed shop and we're never changing ever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right, so more on that will be online um, on Meetup and how to access the event will be on Meetup as well. So if we have a Slack channel and um, a Twitter hashtag that you can contribute your ideas to, um, we'll be available there and we will see you all in the new year.
1: Yeah. Um, Happy Christmas, happy Hanukkah, happy new year, happy other holidays have a lovely time
0: bye bye bye